Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And today is week two of our This is the New Testament series, and our friend Kim Cash Tate is here. Kim is so multi-talented. She's a Bible teacher. She's written several books. She's a fiction author, which is fun to have a fiction author on the podcast, and a singer-songwriter. I mean, literally, the list just goes on. <laughs> on and on. She's getting us started with Paul's letters, beginning with Romans. We're going through Ephesians. We're so excited for her and her husband, Bill. Her husband, Bill, was just named president of LSU. I mean, they are they don't have much going on. So that's we're a so big deal. That's a big deal. Um, we're so grateful that Kim took time to be with us today and open her Bibles with us. So we think you're going to love this episode. Let's get right to it. Kim, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is so good to be here. Listen, you've been a friend of She Reads Truth for a while, but this is the first time we've met face to face. I know. I know. Um, I love it. And, finally. Yeah. And even though it's on a screen, it still is so much better than just uh, yes. an Instagram scroll. So yes. Yes. Happy. yeah, <laughs> that's right. Kim, where One are day you? in person, hopefully. Um, <laughs> that's I admit, right. I am in St. Louis right now, actually in the midst of an out-of-state move. But right now, I'm in St. Louis. All right. All right. Well, you, so you don't have much going on at all. <laughs> in the midst of a move. No big deal. Right. <laughs> That's the, I, I feel sounds, like I need to thank you a second time for that's joining right. us. Zero, zero stress. It's all fine. Right. Um, well, Kim, I knew that I was already excited about our conversation, but then I read um, the questionnaire that you filled out for us. And when you said, you're like, what are you currently studying? And you said, first and second Chronicles. And I was like, oh, this is our girl. If she's reading first and second Chronicles for fun. Um, and then not even like, we're going to have a great like, time. I'm preparing to write about this or like I'm leading a Bible, but like you're just personally studying first and second Chronicles. Talk to me. Like, what are you it, learning? Oh, and it's been so good. Oh, my goodness. It's been so good. It's so funny. I love, love, love the Old Testament. And I know we're here today to talk about the New Testament. I love the New Testament as well, obviously. <laughs> New but... Testament is, is heavily reliant on the Old Testament. We yes, love the Old Testament yes. Too. I love the Old Testament. And First and Second Chronicles and going through the kings and and how God was yeah. responding to whether, you know, the king was a good king or one that was not walking with God. It's just so amazing to me. And I think because um, my ministry is cling and I just always think about clinging to God. And it's just such a picture of here's a king who was clinging and how God responded. And here's one who wasn't. And so it just it just energizes me. I just love it. I'm sorry. I got into a hole thing there but <laughs> don't be sorry I, anytime I somebody just gets excited about any scripture but I mean it's it's more rare to hear excitement about the chronicles and the kings and the, that's <laughs> yeah. fantastic I think I love it I yeah. love it so, so much. exciting well we are we are in our second week of our this is the new testament series yes. and so last week we kicked that off with Tara Lee Cobble and we talked about the gospels and the book of acts mm -hmm. and this week we're going to keep going book by book so that's what we're doing in this study for those of you who are just topping in welcome so glad you're with us what we're doing in this bible reading plan is we are reading a little bit from each book of the bible to give us a framework 
for reading and understanding the Bible as a whole story. That's right. So we have a key verse for each book, a passage, or a few passages that kind of illustrate one of the themes of that book. And then we just want to know some of the basic things, like who wrote it, who did they write it to, mm-hmm. um, you know, what was the context, and then also how does it fit into the story of redemption? So that's what we're doing. So we're going to intentionally mm-hmm. not go super deep in each book because we just want which is hard. To get a, it's very hard, especially when some of these are like our favorites. Like yes. we're getting into some well-trod territory now, exactly here in the New Testament. Kim, do you have a favorite yes. among these books? that we're going to read about today? You know, I would have to say Ephesians. That is, it's That's absolutely such a good one. Absolutely a favorite. So um, it's, it's one of the first books that I actually was so into Ephesians at one point. Um, this was over a decade ago that I memorized the book. And I don't say that because, oh, I memorized the book, but just I needed those truths deep in yeah, my man. heart. And I could not get enough of it until I just had to say it out loud. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're just, oh, I just love ha- that. it's just, I love Ephesians. So yes, I would say that is my favorite. Oh my God. Okay. So for everyone listening, we have, you know, this is releasing on a Monday. So you will get to Ephesians on Friday of this week. So it's our last book to cover in this episode, which means we have to hustle because I want right. to hear we about Ephesians there. from you. <laughs> That's going to be our reward for yeah. staying oh, on, yes. on task yes. and on time. I love that so much. And I mean, I think you're right that like, it's not like, oh, I memorized a book of the Bible. It's like, I need and love these words so much that it compelled me. And and that's how I just want to encourage us, you know, ourselves included and those who are listening, just the reward of reading scripture over time is that your affection grows for it in your need. Like, it's not like, oh, got it. Check. You know, I know the Bible now. It's that you just... We'll never reach the end of the story and what's there, but also you just never reach the end of like your need yeah. for God no, and His Word. No, so it's so no. and, so and encouraging. I have, I have to say, I'm someone who um, did not read the Bible for myself until I was 27. So I did not oh, grow wow. up in the church. I did not grow up with a knowledge of the Word. None of that. So for me. At 27, coming to the Bible, newly saved and knowing nothing. So, you know, I love that you're doing this survey of the New Testament because for me, 20 some years ago, this is exactly what I wish I had had to, for somebody to walk mm. me through and explain, you know, what what these books are. And, and oh, these are letters. These are actual letters written to real people and, yeah. And, yeah. and what they were about. That would have been so good for me. But yes, I was someone coming to the Bible new at 27. And so all these truths were literally things that I needed to know and understand and was hearing for the first time and understanding who I am as a believer. And and that's why I was just soaking it up like that. <laughs> I love it. I love hearing from people that we meet that they came to Christ, you know, in adulthood. Mm-hmm. I think like it's honestly so exciting to talk to like you, like talk to people whose relationship with scripture did not begin yes. as a child who maybe yes. weren't raised in the church. I I think that often in those cases, and maybe you can say if it is or is it, but like it feels like that relationship with scripture is fresh or different in a way that just says like, I, I there's something beautiful about 
growing up in the word and like learning yes. scripture as you grow from a little, little person. But I think it's really cool to just say like, I read scripture and it transformed me yes. in a, in a dramatic yes. way. And I, yes. and I, and I wanted to dig in and know it all because I knew none of it. Like, I just think like yes. there's this hunger yes. mm-hmm. um, that's really inspiring to me. I love that. And so dramatic good. way is a good way to put it because I can look so clearly at who I was before Christ and who I was after because I had so much life <laughs> in the before. And yes. yeah. to, to just, you know, literally be changed as I'm going through the word day to day and literally say, oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. you know, and just and just talking to the Lord about what I'm reading and and just in real time understanding I am being changed. <laughs> I don't think yes, the same yes. thing I thought yesterday about this thing, and I know that I shouldn't be doing that or that, or my thoughts are changing. Just just recognizing that in real time is is really mind blowing. And like your experience that you're describing right now is the common experience of the people that we're going to read about in these yes, letters. These, these are adults absolutely. who are being changed in adulthood that by correct. the message of the that. gospel. Well, yes. and we'll start with Paul. Like each yes. letter that we're going to read yeah. today was written by Paul. And Paul yes. is someone who, when you think radical transformations <laughs> in right. scripture, Paul is That's at the right. top of that list. I mean, yes. maybe like Paul, Mary Magdalene. Like, I mean, yes. you know, he's right up there. And so he's also known as Saul, um, and he was trained and taught to be a Pharisee, like a really great religious guy. Yes. Is who, like, you yes. know, like a, in, in terms of— Really not, good resume. Wait a minute. I'm going to clarify. Yes. Not a great guy. Right. A, 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 like a, a good religious person. Like yes. He, he was— A good he, Pharisee. Yes. A, <laughs> that's right. A good Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Um, knew his stuff, mm-hmm. and, um, but he actually persecuted— yeah. Um, the church. Yes. And then he had this crazy transformation. Do you know what mm-hmm. I didn't know about Paul? I So I don't think I've talked about this in, in this, this is the New Testament series, but in the Old Testament series, I super nerded out about the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was looking at the timeline in our book, in the, this is the New Testament book. And I didn't realize that according to like scholars' best guesses, if Jesus was born in 5 BC and Paul was born in 5 AD, that they're just 10 years apart. I think that all my life I assumed that Paul was born after, like, I didn't realize that they were contemporaries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that they were contemporaries, that they were just 10 years apart. I thought Mm -hmm. that was just super fascinating to to find. It is is fascinating. And so Paul, um, he didn't just write these five books that we're going to talk about today. He wrote most of the New Testament, most (laughs) of the books of the New Testament, or like of more letters than anyone else yeah. in the New Testament. 27 books, he wrote 13 of them. 13 of them. Mm-hmm. And so um and so he you know and he was one of the first Christian missionaries. He went on multiple missionary journeys and helped to kind of begin this movement of Christianity to spread, like to begin to fulfill the great commission. Yeah. Where yes. Jesus is like you're going to you're going to do this, my spirit is going to come upon you and you are going to spread the gospel. Um, and so that's, that's what these letters are. And they are letters. I love yes. that you mentioned that because we are entering a new genre mm-hmm. yeah. today with yeah. Romans. Yeah, there's a lot of context here that is super important because we've come from, we've talked about, I mean, all the Old Testament genres. And then, you know, last week we talked about the gospels and mm-hmm. Acts. And Acts mm-hmm. is its own little unique genre. It's church yes. history. But we're about to enter... 21 books that are the epistles, the letters, 13 of them are by Paul. 
And even in that, like even in the letters, like one of the biggest things to pay attention to, really in any of scripture, but especially with this, is context, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and so when we're thinking about context, there there's kind of a lot of different contexts to pay attention to, like the context in the in the Bible story, in the redemption story. Um, you know, where does this fit? Like, how does this relate with God's covenant with Abraham? Right mm-hmm. that that He would make a, make a family for him. Mm-hmm. Well, it actually relates a lot to that because yeah. these letters yeah. are the unpacking of of the the fulfillment that Jesus brought in his life, death, and resurrection. We're also looking at the cultural context. I mean, this is taking place in the height of the Roman Empire. It's the Pax Mm -hmm. Romana. And to be a citizen of Rome is the thing that you want to be. And instead, and to be a citizen of Rome, it's all about hierarchy, right? Right. But what these letters are doing are going like, hey, this is an invitation to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. there's really no distinction here yeah i mean it's taking all of those barriers and all the hierarchy and just knocking it all down yeah yeah and then there's also we don't need that here because we're family like think about that yeah we're brothers and sisters and we're going to talk about that in some of these books and then like zeroing down like if we're looking at the funnel of like the context in scripture the context in the culture and then like the situational context of every single one of these letters was written with an author, with an audience, mm-hmm. with a, like to correct a false teaching or to encourage or, mm-hmm. you know, was it written from prison? So like when we're looking at each of these letters, these are the questions that we want to be asking. It's also just important. You guys have both mentioned this and then I'll just stop talking because I feel like I'm just going on. But like we've all said like these are letters and we say that as an of course, but I think it's just really important to say out loud that the way that Old Testament letters were written was, of course, they were written from a faraway place, and then they were delivered by a person, a man or a woman, whose job was to read the letter out loud. Yes. Um, it was, you know, most people couldn't read. And so the letters were heard, and so they were kind of mm-hmm. written to be heard. But I think the thing that we often forget, and you'll see there's the extra in the study book about this as well, these are things that we, as believers, as recipients of these letters, should be reading or hearing in one sitting when we mm-hmm. can. Like we, when we at She Reads Truth do, you know, a study of Ephesians, for example, the first thing we encourage our readers to do is sit down and read the whole letter and yes. then we'll unpack That's it. That's so good. Yeah. It, it is so important because so often too, we might just go to a book of the Bible to pull out our favorite verses or, right. you know, we want to just read You're this exactly popular right. section of a book. And it's so important to understand the entire context because you wouldn't yeah. receive a letter and just go to the middle of the letter and read a couple of lines. You want to know <laughs> yeah. what the whole message was. And um, and it's funny, it, we laugh, but like that's the, that is maybe even the common practice, yes. the co- our common use of the New Testament letters today. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's so good when you understand the context and who these people really are and what, because Paul is so methodical in how he writes his letters and where he's taking the reader from beginning to end, that it's yeah. it's so important to follow him in that way. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Okay, we're going to get started with Romans. And, you know, what a challenge to just chat about Romans for right. five minutes. But, but here we go. Five minutes so, or three Romans. Just a flyover. <laughs> Woo! So uh, just know up front, you guys, not going to be sufficient, but at least going to give you a little bit of an idea of what this book is about. So written by Paul, we've already established that, written to Christians in Rome, so both Jewish and Gentile Christians, and is going to be kind of... 
I think of it, I don't know if Paul would think of it this way, but like as his, you know, his masterpiece work, like it is such yes. a detailed explanation of the gospel um, yes. and one of the most detailed in the New Testament. So let's read a little bit. Yeah. Um, Kim, would you be willing to read for us? I just, there's so much good stuff in Romans, obviously, and mm-hmm. we're just going to read a little tiny chunk, but let's do Romans chapter three. 19 through 24. Okay. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are subject to the law so that every mouth may be shut and the whole world may become subject to God's judgment. For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Since there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Wow. That's good news. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And just like we, there's no escaping this, right? Like our sin. I mean, you in that first, those first few verses that you read, like every mouth, the whole world, no one can be justified. Yes. Yes. Um, This is all, you know, all of us, Mm -hmm. you know, and in, in Romans has those, some of those classic lines, like there's no one righteous, not even one. Yes. There's no one who seeks God. So there's no escaping this. And then, it shifts, you know, in Romans, like it makes our sin super duper clear. Mm-hmm. And then it also makes God's grace super duper clear. Yes. Yes. And and it's a tension that we have to hold our our whole, you know, for our entire Christian lives, like that we both of these things are part of the gospel message, right? And I want to just read in Romans five. Verse six, for while we were still helpless, so helpless, Mm -hmm. can't do anything, guys. Mm -hmm. Like we can't, we can't do anything. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's me. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can we just talk about, I mean... Here's I'm like little like context fairy over here because I'm just so excited about what we're learning. Mm-hmm. The audience here is Jews and Gentiles, and yes. also when this was written, and it said um, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. This is actually like while I was alive and a sinner, Christ yes. died for me. Like yes. they're hearing this and going, yes. like, "No, that actually happened in my lifetime." Right. Yes, that's um, amazing. But then also that like this context of like, hey, the law's not going to save you. He's talking to his Jewish audience mm-hmm. and saying, you've thought for a real long time that the law was going to save you. It mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Gentile audience is hearing that. And I'll say, as a member of the Gentile audience, right. mm-hmm. I sometimes <laughs> still think that the law is going to save me. So like, I'm an important audience member of this letter as well in that. Um, by that, I mean that it's important for me to hear this as well. I need this. Every day. Every day. Absolutely. And for me, coming to Christ as an adult, even though Christ died 2,000 years ago, still for me, I'm thinking, here I am an adult and living life 
unrighteously and in the world and not thinking about the Lord at all in sin and Christ died for me and he loved me and I was a sinner, but he loved me and I didn't even know him and I wasn't thinking about him. And just, it's just so, it just, it just causes you to just praise the Lord once you do know the truth. And once you do understand that you you're saved through this grace. And I love that he said justified freely by his grace. There's nothing I had to do. (laughs) And except believe and 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 Christ died for me and and that is just something that will never get old just for yeah. eternity we will praise him for that yeah. free gift of salvation that romans key verse gives us the worst news we could ever hear and the mm-hmm. best news we mm-hmm. could ever hear <laughs> all in one yes. soundbite yes. and soundbite yes. isn't even like the right way to put it but you know what i mean like it's yes Everyone has sinned and fallen short. Yeah. And yeah. righteousness is given freely. And I love yeah. that it, it doesn't say fall short of the standard of God. It says the glory of God. It just oh, yeah, I love that. it just puts God's glory on display. And mm-hmm. and that it's the glory that we have fallen short of. And 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 we we've all sinned. And it's just and, and when you understand then that we now live for his glory, it's just amazing to think about. I love that you pointed that out. It, we talked, I think it was Nancy Guthrie in the Old Testament series was talking about glory is sometimes used to describe the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And and we know that, you know, in order to enter the presence of God in the Old Testament, it took a, a whole lot of righteousness. Mm-hmm. The yes. most righteous guy had to go yes. in. And even then they would tie a rope on his ankle in case he dropped dead in there mm-hmm. because he wasn't righteous enough, right? Um, but like, so that we fall short of the glory or our ability to be present with God yes. or to be in his presence. Yes. Um, but then we're invited freely to be in his presence because of the blood of Jesus. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. One other thing before we move on from Romans that I think is so interesting to remember. So something that's challenging for me (laughs) about the Bible is that it is not presented chronologically. Like, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it it can't necessarily Mm -hmm. be because there are books that kind of overlap and stuff. But even Romans, though it's the first Pauline epistle that we get to, it was written toward the end of his third missionary journey. So oh, yeah. Paul has been boots on the ground, sharing the gospel and planting churches and doing his missionary work mm-hmm. now for a long time. And so when we get to a book like Romans that I will raise my hand and say is one of the most difficult books in the Bible according to Amanda. Um, (laughs) Like, it's difficult to understand. There's a lot that, like, Mm -hmm. it's really dense. It's very theologically Mm -hmm. dense. And for us to remember that Paul has been seeing this and living this and learning this now Mm -hmm. for for a minute, Mm -hmm. you know? And so so that's, I think, good for us to remember. But we just, we have to keep trucking, girls. I mean, according to my timeline, about 10 years, he'd been in ministry before before Romans was written. And like... In in Paul's ministry, it's like this is this oh, yeah. is crazy town. Like I'm talking, like, you know, yeah. well, he's spreading this message that is extremely countercultural. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's in yes. prison oh, multiple times. Yes. Yes. You know, riding yes. boats around the Mediterranean, riding yeah. boats, Rid- riding boats. <laughs> I don't think it wasn't as glamorous as that sounds. Don't picture, yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. First Corinthians. So we're gonna get First Corinthians and Second Corinthians, which. Shocker, written written to people in Corinth, which is why it's called Corinthians. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And 
they are, you know, no surprise, struggling to figure out how to live as Christians in a culture that is non-Christian. Right, right, which, right. Which, does that sound yes. familiar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so this um, First Corinthians has a lot of practical instructions about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to cover them all, but uh, about like life and relationships and ministry. So he spent about 18 months in Corinth planting this church. And, and so that was like 50 AD. And then he actually wrote these letters six years later. Great. That's to, helpful. Back to the Corinthian churches. So they have a relationship mm-hmm. um, that's, that is established, but it's been a while since, then, since he first entered Corinth and shared the gospel with them. That's great. Okay. That's good. So good framework. So like we get a little bit, I would love for us to read like maybe a couple of short passages because, so we kind of get some framework here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Kim, would you mind reading 4 through 9 for us? Absolutely. I always thank my God for you because of the grace of God given to you in Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in him in every way, in all speech and all knowledge. In this way, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I just love that he said in every way, all speech, all knowledge. And there's just like that, that, that's that grace that is just, it's all encompassing and knowing that he's about to go into some hard issues that he's going mm-hmm. to bring up to this body of yeah. believers mm-hmm. for him to start in this way and say, you know what, yep. I'm, I'm about to hit you with some stuff here, but you need to know <laughs> that that you will be strengthened. He will strengthen yes. you to the end so that you will be blameless. I love that encouragement up front. That's exactly right, Kim, because um, like one of the themes is this, we're called by him into fellowship with his son. So called by God into fellowship with Jesus. Yeah. And we're not called just individually to fellowship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. We're called as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much talk of unity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have in, if we move, if we fast forward to chapter 12, in um, chapter 12, starting in verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit yeah. mm-hmm. into one body, whether mm-hmm. Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. And then it goes mm-hmm. on to say, like, the foot can't say, I'm not a hand, I don't belong here. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then likewise, like, the foot can't say, I don't need the hand. Like, and it's so, it sounds almost elementary, but man, do we need this message. Oh my goodness. Repeatedly. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. And verse 18, but as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? So like that this is intentional, mm-hmm. that we are yes. different. We have different giftings. I mean, there's talk of spiritual gifts in this book. Yes. Like it is a, a very... 
rich picture of how varied and diverse the body of Christ is, not just in like pulling together people of different backgrounds and experiences and races and classes in life, if we're thinking like mm-hmm. Roman Empire, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but also even further than that, like God gifts each of us individually and uniquely. Yeah. And yes. so there's so much... There's so much variety to be appreciated here. Yeah. And and it is so important for us to to remember today. I love that it said God has arranged each one of those parts as he wants them. And so, you know, we get into the comparison traps and and one is gifted Mm -hmm. this way and one is gifted another. And we think this person's gifts are better or why, why why are my gifts not valued? But they're all important and we allow these thoughts to get into our head and shape the way we see yeah. gifts and we compare one another when it's God who has arranged these parts. And I love verse 22 that says, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. How often do we think about those things? You I know, mean, like we're all yeah, indispensable so parts of this body. We're all important and it's all under the head of Christ. Yeah. I, I have um, found myself in the pew on Sundays, you know, Pre-COVID, when we would all, you know, get to go down to the front for mm. communion and just like watching that yes. stream of people go by. I love and that have, part. I love that I part. Do too. I miss it. Bring mm-hmm. it back. Um, but the mental like exercise, I think, is the only way to put it. But like the mental exercise of looking at each of those individual people as they approached mm-hmm. the, right. the the supper mm-hmm. of the lamb um, and thought you are indispensable. Like literally mm-hmm. say not out loud, but like in my mind and look at that person going, you are indispensable. You that. are indispensable. That's right. It's a, it's a pretty important exercise and it's it really makes a difference in the way that we not just sit in our pew um, mm-hmm. but in the way that mm-hmm. we live our weeks you know thinking yes. about that and indis- that person I just said was yeah. indispensable Sunday morning how can I serve them on Tuesday evening right amen amen the other thing that <laughs> strikes me just now as as you were reading um, I I think that the thing that I forget sometimes is not just that like we're all members of the body mm-hmm. but no 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 mm-hmm. Now you are the body of Christ. I think that mm-hmm. sometimes we think of ourselves as this body and we're like, it's a democracy and like whatever, like the strongest parts of the body <laughs> want to do or believe or whatever we want to do, mm-hmm. like that we, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, sorry gang, I'm the like, feet, I'm going to go where a, I want. It's a country club or a, whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, like something where we just yeah. like, we all, you know, it's whatever we all kind of consensus on. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We are the body of Christ and he is the head. And so yes. we all submit to his authority. Um, it's so important that we remember that being co-members of one body, yes, we're all indispensable, but to the service of the head. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good and important note. Hey, friends, you know we love to open our Bibles to learn about who God is and who we are in Him. Well, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a story about radically and tangibly caring for the people around us. This story of countercultural love is the inspiration behind an organization I want to tell you about today called Samaritan's Purse. So Samaritan's Purse is an international relief organization with a commitment to love and help people all across the globe in times of crisis. And they do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Samaritan's Purse rushes in to help victims of floods and tornadoes and other disasters in the United States and around the world. They also provide medical care, clean water, children's heart surgeries, and other life-changing aid. So like the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, every one of us has the opportunity to show the love of Christ to those around us and around the world, sharing the gospel and being the hands and feet of Jesus. So here's what you can do. Go to samaritanspurse.org truth to find out how you can get involved with this incredible ministry and to see the beautiful testimonies of what God is doing through them. That's samaritanspurse.org truth. One of my favorite truths about God is that He is always faithful, no matter what. But if I'm being totally honest with myself, sometimes that's hard to believe in moments that feel really tough. At the end of the day, God's Word tells me that He is the promise-keeping, grace-giving Father who longs for us to trust and follow Him. At She Reads Truth, we believe God is good and worthy of our obedience and devotion. If you're eager to learn more about why that is, you won't want to miss our newest study on the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is filled with Old Testament laws guiding a generation of Israelites on how to pursue God's holiness. Deuteronomy highlights God's love and His perfect, holy nature. Y'all, this plan begins August 23rd. That's right after we finish our This is the New Testament study. And we're going to explore what it meant for the Israelites to live as the people of God in response to His faithfulness and how we can accept God's invitation to walk in His ways and have the opportunity to see who He really is and to share Him with the world around us. If you aren't a subscriber, you don't have Deuteronomy coming to you yet, so get your book today. Shop our Deuteronomy collection today to get 15% off your purchase with code POD15. That's 15% off our Deuteronomy collection at shopshereadstruth.com with code POD15. Go get this book. I can't wait to do this study with you guys. I want to scooch on to second Corinthians because of something Mm -hmm. that you just hit on Kim saying that like, you know, those that we would call weaker are actually indispensable. Well, we Mm -hmm. get, you know, these amazing passages in second Corinthians where Paul is like, I am so weak, Mm -hmm. but it's in my weakness Mm -hmm. that God is strong. And so that is where, you know, these passages that, like you said, we pick out our favorites or the ones that are most often quoted, but we we get that in 2 Corinthians. Again, you guessed it. Third second letter to the Corinthians. Second letter to the Corinthians, third missionary journey. This is still Paul that is writing. And in this one, he gives some direct teaching about ministry Mm -hmm. and like his role as a pastor um, and the biblical understanding of ministry and ministry here, meaning the work of God's people. Yeah. The fulfillment of that commission that was given to followers of Jesus. And so I, I love this passage that we get to read. It's one of those, like you talked about earlier, Kim, that like it's, you know, it's okay to have favorite passages and to return to yes. them often. And we yes. want to, they're so much more powerful in the context of the whole. Um, yes, but man, absolutely. this, if we have favorite passages, um, this one is up there for me. In me and, too. Um, so let's do, um, it's Second Corinthians 12. Um, let's do verses six through 10. Mm. Okay. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth. 
but I will spare you so that no one can credit (laughs) me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me, especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside (laughs) in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm. Wow. Take yeah, that's, that's definitely in. a go-to for me. <laughs> that is a, that's right? a go-to set of verses for me. Yeah. Because how My often do we feel goodness. weak? I mean, that's just part of the Christian walk. You know, we don't, we don't like to uh-huh. talk about it, but um, that's part of this walk. And I love that Paul is honest about the fact that weaknesses and insults and hardships are part of the walk, persecutions. Yeah. However, to have this truth that when you are in that place, when you are weak, that that is when God's power is perfected and grace is sufficient. That is a truth that you just need to have in the yeah. in the marrow of your being. It's, it just it has to be there. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, in the marrow of your being. Yeah, I mean That's because right. those weaknesses it gets us out of the way, it gets our pride out of yes. the way, yes. it gets our agenda out of the way. When you're in a place of weakness or suffering or trial, like so much falls away because it just isn't important. <laughs> and, yes, yes. Um, and then, and you literally are left with, oh, but I have Jesus. And Jesus, if you don't fill me up and make me strong, like I, mm-hmm. I can't do this. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, on, on any given, you know, Wednesday, I'm like, I got this. Right. I'm fine. Like I can, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling real strong today. And Paul, I love yeah. that he's even honest about like, listen, I could boast all day long. My resume is impeccable. Right. Right. <laughs> but, right. But I would, that would be silly because that's not actually what's happening here. Yeah. This is clearly my paraphrase. But, but it is not my power. It's his. That's it's, right. It's interesting when I read this passage, I'm often tempted to get distracted by the like, wait, 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 what was your thorn? Like, what, no, no. I, like I got to know, yeah. what was it? Yeah. Like, did you have a limp? Did you have a phys- actual thorn? Like, what was the thing? And I think that it's silly to say, but like, I think it's on purpose that we don't know because mm-hmm. the point is Absolutely. not what his thorn is, um, but mm-hmm. to instead point to that whatever the weakness is, that Christ's power is made perfect in his weakness. I had a friend in my 20s. Um, we lived kind of around the corner from each other, and we were all having babies at the same time. Her name is Katie. And she... Um, at that time, one day, um, had an eye exam and the eye doctor looked into her eyes and saw that she had a brain tumor. Um, mm. and I remember walking through that with her and finding so much, like just learning so much from her in mm. that season. She named her tumor and she named it Mercy. Hmm. And, um, and she just talked about that tumor as the mercy of God 
calling her to himself and all the ways that she, that his power was made perfect in her weakness and all the ways that she found herself relying on Christ because of this thorn in her flesh. And I think that we all have these, we all have something, right? You know, we've had things in our past, we have things in our present, and we will have things in our future that we need to be able to point to and say, so I take pleasure. In weakness, insults, Mm -hmm. hardships, Mm -hmm. persecutions, difficulties for the sake of Christ, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I mean, I I won't leave you hanging on Katie's story. She she's alive and well and raising Mm -hmm. her babies and the Lord has just been so good to her and her family. But I just I felt so ministered to her even by what she named that thorn. Yeah. And you really can't understand that strength until you're in that position. Like to look at her, you might yeah. think, how could somebody do that? How could mm-hmm. they be that strong? But that is the power of Christ. And you you don't understand Absolutely. it until you experience it because you know That's we don't right. want to go through those kinds of times. We don't want to go through the pain, but there is nothing right. like experiencing the strength of Christ that you can't even understand yourself when you're experiencing it. But you know, I've had those times where I'm just the greatest pain greatest hardship, greatest difficulty, and you wonder, how am I getting up and functioning and able to keep my mind on the Lord and even praise Him through this? And there's no explanation other than the strength of Christ. It is supernatural. Yeah. 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 The other, you know, so this is, you know, obviously (laughs) on a very personal level, this, it speaks of God's power in us and ministry, the Holy, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us as individuals. But, and then on this other bigger level, this book, Second Corinthians, is talking about the ministry of the church and that God's at work. Mm-hmm. God is at work through the church, mm-hmm. um, through followers of Jesus to bring people to mm-hmm. himself, to reconcile people to himself through Christ. And the church, we are invited to participate in that work. And so the suffering and the opposition that we face is not just an individual trials, but when you're doing the work of the Lord, Satan is going to oppose you. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, there's a message of this book that is about the strength of Christ and the church in Christ in the face of opposition as we are doing this work of, Mm -hmm. of advancing the kingdom of God in the world. And so I just am so thankful mm-hmm. that scripture tells us that there that we're going to have obstacles, we're going to have trials, mm, we're going yes. to suffer, but we're also going to have victory yeah. in yes. Jesus and we're going to have joy and that this is what the Christian life is like. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to look at these and remember that they're letters yeah. and that they had the original audience and they had the original, like the original author. I mean, the author didn't change, but um, to look at these and I mean, we know unique from any other book in the whole world in all time that scripture is living and active and effective. Mm-hmm. And so this letter wasn't written to us. We're reading somebody else's mail completely, but also it has been given for us and inspired for us to read. Like it is for us to read. And so I I think that like right now as the three of us are interacting with the book, the letter of Second Corinthians, and we're being drawn to Christ and we're being changed. It's yeah. it's actually yes. effective in that. I mean, I can't wait 
listeners, as you guys get to Wednesday of this week and you open Second Corinthians, take some time to journal and just kind of go like, where in yes. my life have I seen that in my weakness, he has been strong? Like, where have I seen that to be true in my life? Where have I seen that to be true in the lives of people around me? Where can I find examples of that in Scripture? How can I talk to God about this? This is how we interact with these letters. Yeah, yeah. Amen. We talked Amen. Um, earlier when we moved to Galatians. I think Galatians is an interesting example. You mentioned, Rachel, that these letters were not just written in like a historical context, but they're also specific. So yeah. this letter from Paul to the churches in Galatia, he was uh, addressing some specific issues. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of facing some false teaching and false gospels about specifically around like That's circumcision right. and the law. And so I think this is a really interesting example of how Paul is responding to a specific circumstance in a specific group of people, mm -hmm. you know, these churches who he has heard are kind of facing this, but how there's also some so much there, not just something, so much there for us too, because it's teaching us how to, in our own context, apply the gospel, apply yeah, the gospel of exactly Jesus right. to mm -hmm. whatever context that we're in. So this is, Galatians is a book that it really clearly communicates the gospel and it really hones in on <laughs> a couple of key truths. Let's read the key verse that we've chosen for Galatians is in chapter 2. It's verse 21. Leading up to 21, maybe we can start in about 17. Kim, I don't want to wear you out reading, but I just love <laughs> to hear you read scripture. Do you want to read again oh, for us? Thank you. No problem. It's an honor. But if we ourselves are also found to be sinners while seeking to be justified by Christ, is Christ then a promoter of sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild those things that I tore down, I show myself to be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Oof. This is a go-to verse for me as well. These verses, the last two is in it? Yeah. that chapter. Yeah, those are go-to verses. Just to remind myself that it's not me who lives. Like, I do not live. <laughs> uh, it's Christ right. who lives in me. because, And I know that I am... You know, I have a very strong personality and my flesh will rise up in a minute. So I have to remind myself, Christ <laughs> lives in you. <laughs> you no longer live. Yep. You live by faith in the Son of God. Put the flesh aside, That's walk it. by Amen. the Spirit. And this verse reminds me of that. I love it. Yes. And the specific context that they are in is that they had people trying to tell them that, no, 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 to be a true follower of Jesus, you have to be circumcised. And Paul mm -hmm. is saying, 
we're not going to set aside the grace of God. Like it, the the rule that's central, to, yeah, right. Yeah. This is central, and it doesn't <laughs> nothing puts yes. it aside. That's not not circumcision, not even this ritual that goes back all the way to Father Abraham to the old in the Old Testament. Like not even right. that. It's only Jesus. You know, we like to say, yeah. and and I and I like to say it too. Like Jesus plus nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it right. really is. Right. That right. really is. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's faith in Christ, not faith in Christ plus X, Y, Z. And how about Paul in these verses leading up to what we just read? How about Paul yeah. opposing Peter to his face? Like he, he is so adamant mm. that you are not going to add anything to the gospel, not even you, Peter, <laughs> who is the, yep. pre, the so-called preeminent apostle. I love how yeah. he even says in here, the rock you know, what they were makes no difference church. to me. <laughs> you know, God shows no partiality. I, he, he can be a pre- preeminent apostle all he wants to, but he's not going to come in here and add to the gospel. <laughs> Paul just doesn't <laughs> oh, care. So and I just love that when the gospel is the central thing and 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 how mm-hmm. we are saved and, and what that gospel represents and the fact that Christ died and you can't add anything to it. Paul was so passionate about that. And I love that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how we need to be as well. I yep. mean, Kim, that's like the perfect example of us talking about that we're all members of the body, but Christ is the head. You know, it's not yes. like it's Peter yes. and Paul are members of the body, but neither of them right. is the head, right? That's correct. And, that just, is correct. and they're having to yes. point each other to, no, 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 no. He, we do not set aside this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, don't miss this reading day because the other passages that we read from Galatians are about adoption Mm. as we are in Christ, that we are adopted as sons of God, meaning that we are God's heirs, Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. get all of the rights Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. like that we are alongside Jesus, like in Jesus, we are heirs with him Mm -hmm. and that that adoption brings freedom. And in that freedom, we can love and serve. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. I want us to keep going because I want us to get to Ephesians. But it matters but so read much. This, it. And even like this, we have to remember the audience in the context and to be adopted as sons yep. for that original audience to hear that was more significant than for them to hear adopted as sons and daughters because a son was an heir. There's a reason that that word is mm-hmm. used. I'm grateful to be adopted as a son mm-hmm. right? because I get all the benefits of inheriting uh, from the king, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and also we know that in Christ we are his daughters and there's a significance and a specialness there too. But for that audience, hearing men or women, slave or free, whatever, Jew or Gentile, you are sons adopted in him, Yeah, that that mattered to hear that. If, if I could just add as well, don't miss another one of my go-to verses in Galatians is 517 about the flesh setting mm. its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. That was such an important part of my journey with the Lord to understand that, that, that there's always going yeah. to be this internal battle going on. It doesn't mean that that something is wrong per se, or that you're doing something wrong, there's going to be this internal battle of flesh and spirit. But yeah. but because we have the spirit, we can overcome and we can walk by the spirit and we won't carry out the desire of the flesh. I thought that was such an important thing to understand in my Christian walk. So I'm just like, oh, don't yeah. miss those verses <laughs> in this book. Absolutely. And that doesn't go away. It's different. 
as a believer, but that doesn't go away. You still need to be walking in step, like as as this as Paul says here in Galatians five, to still be walking in step with the mm-hmm. Spirit, not just once, but every day. Because you're day. exactly right. the The battle is different now yeah. as believers, but mm-hmm. it is still a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Galatians is so rich, like, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these Mm -hmm. books and especially these little short letters that just sneak up on you with how packed they are with truth. And so just a reminder that if you want to dig deeper into these, A of all, do it. Yeah. And B, we have a ton of resources. Like there exists a She Reads Truth study book on Galatians Yeah, on all of the, I mean, I think we've covered all of the, we have all of the Pauline epistles at some point. And so there's a reading plan, there's a study book or, you know, just sit and read. We have the extra, we've referred to it multiple times in the podcast, but in the study book showing how long it takes approximately the average reader to read each book of the Bible. And it's not long y'all. I mean, what is Galatians? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's one of the longer ones. Any any epistle after that is like seven minutes, 13 minutes, three minutes. Yeah. They're letting, mm-hmm. some of them are 20 minutes, but yeah. they're, they're also, most of them very quick. Yeah. Okay. We made it. Here we Yay! are. We're at your favorite. To Kim's favorite. Ephesians. Yay. We're at <laughs> Ephesians. And we don't have to rush. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. Okay. Ephesians. <laughs> what? Why is it your favorite, my friend? What I love about Ephesians, and, it, and it's... I can tell you what I love now, because I think because I meditated on this book for so many years when it initially it was because I could see myself when it says uh, in chapter two, you were dead in your trespasses and sins and, and you were walking according to the ways of this world. And I just saw myself and I saw, but God, because of his love for you, because um, of his mercy, you were saved by grace. And so it just caused me to just praise the Lord. And it just, and it told me in chapter one, who I am in Christ. And so those things I were yeah. foundational to understanding my faith. And then now as I read Ephesians, it's my favorite because now when I read chapter one, you know, so often um, we go to chapter one and you hear that it tells you all these things that you have in Christ and it does and who you are in Christ. But what I see now in chapter one is God all over it, that it's for his glory and according to the riches of his grace and according it's all the according to and and yeah. it, it, there's several according to's in that chapter. And but it's all back to God and his grace and his kindness and his glory. And it just again, just causes me to praise him because he's the, actually yeah. the subject of chapter one, we're the beneficiaries, but he's the subject. It's all for him. Yeah. It's what he did and it's for him. And it just causes me to praise him when I read through Ephesians, just so thankful that he would save us by grace. So thankful that he would um, seal us with his spirit and that he would bless us with every spiritual blessing and adopt us. And he didn't have to, <laughs> he didn't have to, it is for his glory and it's yeah. out of his loving kindness. And it's just, it's, it just amazes me when I read through that. Oh, I love that. I, I love hearing people just talk passionately about God's word yeah. and what he's done for them. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And it is, that is the theme that we pulled out to say, like when, when we read Ephesians, you know, it's a letter written to the church in a town called Ephesus, but he, Paul is 
there's a lot of talk of unity in Ephesians, but the yes. framework for that unity, the foundation for that unity is everything that you just said. That like we can have unity because we are all here because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yes. Jesus has done this for all of us. And yes. uh, and that is that is the point from which we live now. That is the truest thing about us. And so we can unify with one another in through the spirit uh, yeah. because of who yes. Jesus is and what he's done. Yes. And you talked so beautifully about that salvation is through grace and that's the key the key verse mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. in which I want us to read it and then I would love maybe to back up and read it in context a little bit because mm. For me, it makes it so much richer, but it's verse 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not Mm -hmm. from works, so that no one can boast. Mm -hmm. So the playing field leveled. Oh, it just feels like the great, this whole passage is just the great leveler. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, I mean, like you said, to go back and like read it in context and it just kind of begins with, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked. And it's a y'all there. Um, And Mm -hmm. so everyone was dead. Mm-hmm. Now, but he was a little dead or slightly right. dead. Makes me think right. of Monty Python. I'm right. mostly dead. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, no, not much. That's a. I'm not dead yet. Oh, yeah. Monty and the Princess Bride. Okay, there which we go. Way, both of them. Listen, I mean, I feel like no episode is complete without a couple of random references to movies that we watched as children. Um, <laughs> I, but it's the great leveler. Y'all were all dead Hmm. Mm -hmm. and and it's exactly what you said kim like where you're like that's why i love ephesians because it shows me where i was but it doesn't leave me there yes listen to this in verse so in verse five you are saved by grace verse six he also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And then here's where we get the key verse, for you are saved by grace through faith. It's not from yourselves. So like not only is it not by us, yeah. ultimately it's not even for us. That's right. Like, right. And yeah. there's I've, there's freedom in that because yeah. yes. we are being, we are swept up in the most beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the truest story, you know, and it's, and it has benefit. Like, I mean, yeah, you keep going yeah. to verse 10. Like, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Like, and we do, we all these things that we've already been talking about, even in this hour, are true. The joy, the the um the power that that fills us in the spirit, um, the just that being adopted as as sons and daughters and called family, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all of that is true. So it's not like they're, you know, this is for our good. Mm-hmm. You know, scripture yes. tells us that, but it also tells us even in that same sentence is for his glory. Yeah. That's right. So, I love that. So good. You know, I just think about, um, you know, this is me going back to context again, but with this original audience, we had the, the Gentile believers who are coming from this cultural context of being Roman citizens and everything is a hierarchy. And so they're, you know, like even like higher in the hierarchy, like these are, these are people who, have come to faith in Jesus, but they're coming from a place of uh, importance. 
And then we have the Jewish Christians, the Jewish believers who are, you know, like they get, they're, they're kind of in the club because they're Jews, like mm-hmm. this, the circumcision party, right? Mm-hmm. I think that like that would be their political party. Mm-hmm. We are the circumcision party. That's right. Uh, but, but there's this tension between them because, you know, the Gentile believers are going like, yeah, yeah, but like we're also a little bit better than you because of our citizenship. And the Jewish believers are going, yeah, yeah, we're a little bit better actually because like we have this this bloodline that is significant. And I think about that and, you know, Paul going like, hey, y'all, we're all dead in your trespasses. Like, mm-hmm. let's level this. Mm-hmm. Now I want to talk to you about unity. And that's what the book of Ephesians is about. It's about unity. But then if we kind of way, you know, kind of fast forward to right now, how do we need to hear that message? Because we may not have the same conflict of like hierarchies and that kind of a thing that they did then. It may not but be. But we also do. But have we our have, own but we have our own version of that. Yes. And so I feel yes. like it's like good to ask, okay, where am I feeling like maybe I have a little bit of a leg up on another believer or or vice versa? Where I mean, I'm somehow inherently more worthy or that I'm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is I, I mean, I hate to even say it out loud, but that's exactly true. That's exactly it. But if I heard mm-hmm. if I just picture everybody that I've seen in the last month and to hear, you know, God's word say, y'all were all dead in your trespasses. We're mm-hmm. like effectively just even. Um, we were all dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Oh, you just uh, said y'all, yeah, but like yeah. we include yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was standing over there with the crowd when yeah. you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, but like y'all, we were all dead in our trespasses. I just think that like it changes the way that I look at people. It changes the, even my motivation in sharing the gospel with people, um, and it it comes from this place of like oh, I don't deserve this, like this like humble gratitude, and mm-hmm. going like this is for all of us. I want to tell you about this. And that's exactly how Paul tells us to walk in chapter four when he says, You're right. um, Yeah. You walk worthy and with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. And so we each have our own individual charge in light of all that, that God has done for us and in light of what it means to be unified in the spirit to each of us walk humbly and with gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love. And if we would each take those responsibilities seriously, and which can only be done yeah. by the power of the spirit, but then that allows us to be one in spirit. It's so important. Yeah, that's such a good word and just such a good, I think, nugget to take with us and think about as we are reading these passages this week, as we are then going into our lives and living our, you know, our everyday lives to to remember this, that all of these books are letters about the gospel and about the truest truths. And, you know, and yes, to all of the things we've said, written in a context, written to a people in certain circumstances, but based in truths and things that don't change in any circumstance, like that Jesus, this is who Jesus is. This is who we are mm-hmm. in him. This is how he's called us to live. That's right. Um, and so thank you for having this conversation with us, yes. Kim. It's such a delight oh, to this have was amazing. you with us. Thank you. Oh, we just thank love you having so much you with for us. Having me. And, and we get to go next week into five more of Paul's epistles, which is so exciting. We're going to have... Uh, Jennifer Lucy Tyler joining us. It's just a lot of triple names in the New Testament. We're having we have Jeremy <laughs> Cobble, 
Kim Cache, we've got Jennifer so Lucy great. Tyler. It's going to be good. Y'all listening, you've heard us reference this. Uh, this is the New Testament study and specifically the study book. As of the date of this recording, there are still copies of that book available if you want to be able to follow along with the hard copy because we're referencing the timeline and the all the different extras. There's, you know, obviously the fun stuff like recipes and things like that too. But um, so if you want to be able to follow along with the book that we're using, that's available at Shop com, or you can find it a link to it in the show notes also y'all listening um if you haven't yet if you're loving the Sherry's Truth podcast, we ask this so rarely. Uh, we honestly just keep forgetting to ask. But <laughs> but Amanda and I would love it so much. It would mean a ton to us if you would give us a rating and uh, and some feedback. We love hearing from you guys. And if you do give us a rating or, or feedback in any way, it helps other people find this podcast. So if you're loving it, want other people to find it, that's the best way and to do that. And it helps us get wonderful guests like Kim right. Great to join us. So yes. yeah, a five-star rating... Um, is like giving us a hug, a digital hug. We appreciate it. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, So y'all come back next week. Um, We're going to tackle Pauline Epistles with Jennifer Lucy Tyler, and we'll keep going through this study of this is the New Testament. Until next week, Kim, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.